Hey everyone, what is up and welcome back to another episode of the Lifestyle Lifters Show. I'm your host, your online transformation coach, Adrian McDonald, here to help you look, feel and perform better without restrictive dieting. And today I interviewed coach Ger Bosha. Ger is an online fitness coach based in the UK who specializes in all things performance and mobility and movement based training. And on today's episode, we describe the four pillars that Ger actually uses himself and for his clients to help get them results. What are those four pillars? So mobility and moving well. He speaks about functional fitness. What is functional fitness and how you can actually specifically incorporate it into your lifestyle. He then talks about aerobic fitness and cardio. And again, some ways you can implement cardio, even if you don't have a lot of time before we finally wrap it up with sustainable nutrition practices. So you don't need to follow a meal plan. You can still include foods that you enjoy and actually get results. Ger also shares about his experience playing rugby in South Africa, in Ireland here, in New Zealand, and he also played professional rugby in Italy, despite not being able to speak any Italian law. So he shares some stories there too. So if you do get value from today's show, please tag me on Mac Lifestyle Fitness, that's MC Lifestyle Fitness on Instagram, and tag Ger, he's at coach underscore Gerard, which is spelled G-E-R-H-A-R-D on Instagram. Please tag us both and we will reshare it. And that is all. So without further ado, I really hope you enjoy this week's episode. Ready? Welcome back to the Lifestyle Lifters show. Today's guest is Jared Boshoff. Jared is an online fitness coach who specializes in all things mobility and functional and performance-based fitness. So Jer, or Coach G as we'll call you, welcome to the Lifestyle Literature Show. Thanks for being here, Jer. Oh, thank you very much, Adrian. Nice to see you again after the IFS. So yeah, can't, can't, can't wait to get stuck in. Yeah, so Jer and I, we um we, we recently met at IFS in Lisbon, the International Fitness Summit, an, an event organized by James Smith. So it's great to, great yeah, to yeah. connect with Jer. And Jer, before I get you to actually share your backstory, share something about yourself. That most people do not know. Oh, you throw me in the deep end. You didn't tell me about this. Uh, no, <laughs> basically, um, so I live in the UK, but I'm originally from obviously from South Africa. Um, so yeah, English is my second language. Um, and so I came over originally to play rugby uh, back in the days. So I'm not going to go into the data. So my my background is a rugby background. Not a lot of people know about that, and yeah. I don't really talk about that a lot. But so sports performance and rugby team sport. It's kind of like what I've been doing since I was five. And it's like a DNA of South Africa. Any, every South African is like our DNA. Like football is in England, is rugby is in South Africa. So that's my background. Um, then um, I did my sports science degree back in South Africa. And then I wanted to always go play rugby abroad. Um, uh, lost my dad when I, was, when I was quite young. So I moved abroad. Okay. I got the opportunity to go to Ireland, obviously. So I think that's yeah. how we've got the connection. So. I uh, landed in Ireland as a South African lad that can't speak great English and still can't, still trying. Um, and then met, obviously, the Irish accent. So played rugby in Ireland, then travelled the world a bit, New Zealand, uh, played in Italy, and always wanted to come to the to the UK for opportunities, uh, etc. So it's always been my thing, and I, but I knew after sport or after rugby, there's going to be an end to, uh, oh, well, the career is going to end eventually. Of course, yeah. Um, and so gradually, as I came to the end of my career, um. I've always had my sports science degree and my personal tra- training qualification, but I've always been into fitness, whether it was part of the team or personal training on the side, uh, a one-to-one. Uh, and then I made the jump and I just went, went just went self-employed. 
four or five years before the end of my career. So I kind of went semi-professional. So it allows me to work and uh, play because rugby doesn't play, pay that much that you can uh, just retire like footballer. Right. So, and your body's battered as well. So I kind of made that jump. Um, but rugby has taught me a lot about life, about skill, about working with people, uh, culture, etc. So in a nutshell, it's kind of part of my life. And then um, started coaching people and fell in love with, with, with personal training, uh, with coaching people online. And now we're here today. So, yeah, taking that next step. Wow. Yeah. And just share a bit more about the, the rugby, Jer. Obviously, like that, that actually is a nice segue for you into your current career. Just share. So, like, um, what kind of level would you have been playing at up through the years when you're even at your peak fitness, we would say? Cool, cool. So I was playing um, back in South Africa. I um, 2000 and um, just after uni, I got um, I had the opportunity to get a contract. I broke my I well, I ruptured my ACL with my in my right knee. So I was only 22, 23, and, and it was one of those things where they say, "Oh, you'll never make it now." Uh, and in the 40, uh, in the 15 players in that team, I think 13 people got a professional contract, and me and another guy being injured didn't get it. So, um, wow. So then it kind of it knocks your confidence because you're 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 out with an ACL and a medial, so it's got kind of a nine months. I was playing back, back playing full contact against after six and a half months, where they said it's going to be nine. So I just had that mindset and determination. I'm going to prove everyone wrong. I can do this. I'm not the biggest guy. I'm only 86 kilos, so I had to always keep my body in much better shape than your bigger you you know the size of rugby players now they're massive so um so my thing was my skill was my was my mobility was my nimbleness not my (laughs) my brute force basically but then um psychologically I couldn't get over the injury and I was a bit scared I was a bit nervous back home and I thought I need a clean cut I finished uni let's go abroad and I got the opportunity to go to Ireland I only played like All Ireland One, which is like your second division, um, just just to get my 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 head back in the game. We travelled all over Ireland. I loved it, and I always wanted to play higher. But I just couldn't make that step in Ireland. So then I went to New Zealand, played played at a fairly fairly high level, just below your MPC in New Zealand, uh, which was which was quite cool. But obviously the money is not great in New Zealand, so it's more of a passion and stuff. Then sure. came to then came to the UK, and then obviously. Um, made a, a, a better breakthrough and then my best years I'd say was 2013-14 when I played full-time in Italy for two years so that was when I was full-time uh, training five times a week so I've only really had full-time full-time wow. rugby for about two for about three years and the others was more semi-professional so and how would you how would you compare the commitment level to full-time versus semi-pro Jay? Uh the standard in Italy is not as high so um it's still full time, so it's Monday, Monday, Tuesday. We train twice a day: Monday uh, morning, Monday evening, Tuesday, and Wednesday is the day off. Then Thursday, Friday, so twice a day: Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And we play on Sundays, which is which was odd to me because you can't go out on a Saturday, and you've got a long week, and then your body is battered on a Sunday. And Italy is go quite back a big out on Monday, yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. And Italy is quite a big country, so I was in Milan, in the top, uh, in, in the north of of Italy, so we could be flying down south back so there's a lot of traveling so it's demanding on the body and then you do that over and over again so in terms of training wise i do love it i didn't have to work so that was my job so you enjoy it more uh and compared to the uk which you have to have a job and train so i'd say semi-pro in terms of semi-pro is harder because you need to juggle work and job full-time is easier because you can dedicate kind of your time and your energy towards that thing so i enjoy that more but yeah yeah and and jared that was a bit of a risk though because you were obviously um you were going to Italy and I'm sure you 
didn't speak much or, or any true. Italian prior to going. So that was surely a barrier for you, Jerry, even playing professional rugby over there. It was tough, yeah. So we kind of knew we wanted to make this jump. And I was with my wife now, so partner at the time. So we're like, let's do it. And she got a job at the international school. And I said, listen, we can't go uh, over there not can't, and we can't speak any language. So we had literally <laughs> six weeks, I think six weeks, two hours a week, just the basic Italian. Um, and then it's like anything you think you know French or German you go over there and you speak to Italian and I was the I was the fly off so I was like the quarterback uh, in football you call the shots you you call the moves you you call the plays and I couldn't say anything I was just see or not see (laughs) but luckily luckily I met a uh, on our 15 Fabrizio which is I'm still friends with now he is the only guy who could speak really good English, and we're still still friends. Today. Oh, yeah. And he, he guided me through. But you know what? It's another skill, and then I picked it up so quickly um, to the point where I could speak and understand fluently. So after two years, which is incredible. So I've lost wow. it a bit now because I don't practice as much, but I can still understand it. And it's another kind of blessing and kind of another bow to my string, isn't it? So Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, and just to segue off that then, Jared. so you mentioned that obviously being 86 kilos even compared to rugby players nowadays, your your biggest talent was more so your mobility, your movement, your skill. And then this obviously nice um, segued nicely, nicely for you to actually run your business, which you kind of, you specialize in four pillars, Jared. You You call them the Bosch method and it incorporates mobility. We've got a bit of um, strength work, functional strength, aerobic work on top of like just sustainable nutrition practices so Jerry, let's just actually break down the Bosch method one by one and step by step starting yeah. out with mobility so so mobility as I mentioned before for me is a pillar because going back to my um, rugby career I've been injured a hell of a lot so uh, ACL two three ankle operations a dislocated shoulder so I've been in physio rooms probably more than any anyone else. I've spent a lot of time with physio. So one thing I'm I'm really passionate about is and where I think I've got the edge on a lot of um, um, this is not an egotistic way and a lot of other coaches yeah. is I've spent time in the physio room. So when I do meet a client with an injury or with a shoulder, I've probably been there. Okay, so in terms of my science and that that's helped me a lot. So that's why mobility back in the days has is, is, is made me realize it's fundamentally important because the quality of movement we find now in the everyday just the everyday gen pop population is not great because of our lifestyle so so i base my pillars basically on firstly mobility so can a client or an individual how well can they move through space um so from one point to another um freely efficiently and without any aid or without any uh, assistance so um, this could be anything. This could be whilst they're training or whilst they are just performing a, a hip rotation, sitting on the floor. Because right. mobility isn't isn't something. There's a lot of there's a lot of um, kind of definitions being thrown out there. Is when you just swing your leg or how big can your range be? But it's actually like if we refer to a squat, is how how low can you squat? Yeah. How how can you move your hips? Have you got full overhead extension in your shoulder? So for me, mobility is like the first pillar because I believe, uh, and I know you deal with a lot of aesthetics and transformations as well, as well, and it ties in with that as well. I believe if people can't move well enough, it's going to yeah. hinder their lifestyle. It's going to hinder their performance. It's going to hinder their football. It's going to hinder their, their playing with their kids. Mobility for me is fundamental. And I, 
I'd say it's more important than strength. Yes, it's all encompasses and is 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 important as a whole. But if we don't have that mobility element, then we're not going to have a great uh, strength base or uh, um, a platform to work from. So for me, mobility. Um, yeah, and uh, and and then obviously moving on to the next one is we're going to talk about the next one now. Or just yeah, before? absolutely. Yeah, no, I love the way you mentioned there about mobility. I guess like. What's the point of looking good if you if you can't move good, Jaren? And one ties into the other because it's not like it's not like you either have mobility or strength, either or. If you can incorporate both, I mean, aren't you getting the best of both worlds? Just Jaren, you mentioned there like two two common two injuries you had: your ankle and your shoulder. And I just know over the years, like a lot of people too, probably the three most common injuries or areas that we need to focus on mobility would be like for the shoulder, for your ankles, for your hips, Jer, and particularly like low back pain is obviously a common issue there as well, Jer. What would you say, like, let, let's just say to a desk worker who works 50 hours a week sitting down at a desk, what would you say would be like just some good mobility exercise that he or she could do, could use so that they can free up, you know, their shit, their hips, their shoulders and so on? So yeah, that's a really good question. And I get this a lot on my Instagram as well. Like I've got tight back and, and majority of people now, even now me and you talking here, we're sitting down. Okay. So although we coaches, we're on our feet a lot more and that's a benefit we've got. So unfortunately, and I encourage my clients as well, if they've got their jobs, first thing I'd say is, is speak to your boss and try and stand. Okay. Yes, it costs more money, but there's a lot of uh, money going into well-being people in workplace now. So why not why not ask him can i stand up okay yes you don't have to stand all day you can stand for an hour sit for an hour so that's the first thing i do because we don't have to sit down okay we've been told to sit down we don't have to sit down so that will make a massive difference so we, because the the problem is we we try and always fix stuff but we don't prevent stuff okay so if we yeah so if we can if we can prevent getting tight hips or sore back from bad posture and driving is another thing and i think you probably mean that as well like we drive a lot so Number one thing is, is I stand up. Second thing is, is make mobility part of your life. Now, people's going to go, oh, I need a coach to teach me these things. There's really simple, basic things we can do on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, I'm not saying getting up in the morning an hour earlier and do like stretching, which I do because it's part of my lifestyle. But before work, lunchtime or after work. And if you can't do that, incorporate it into your workout. And this ties into the Bosch method as well. So we do in our workouts, say, four to seven minutes of mobility activation and like stretching prior to the workout so if a client cannot spend or your everyday uh, general population uh, people if they can't spend time an additional 5 10 15 minutes away from the gym then that's cool because they've got kids and family so tie it into your workout then i so, love it i love so it tie it in so you you probably see this in the gym and everyone listening as well uh, and if you are one of those listening and you walk into the gym next time think about the intent think about when you walk into that gym an arm swing or a shoulder swing and then flexing your pec is not a warm-up okay so it's not <laughs> it's not specific is it so so if you're gonna we do... all know the typical the, the typical bench press warm-up you, you, you do those arm swings you, you warm up in the bar you throw two 20 kilo plates on your side and off you go <laughs> exactly so <laughs> i've made the mistake before jerry look i i i've i've fell victim to it before so i understand that exactly and i see it every day i see it every day in the gym and um, my clients they they so tune in so they come into the gym they've got their work and my work is only 45 minutes long part of the bosch method that's what we do because the clients and um, people i coach 
they don't have a lot of time during the day because they're busy. They've got they've got meetings, they've got kids, they've got pick school drop off, and they're very limited to time. So I've created this Bosch method, 45 to 55 minutes. That's that's including the mobility activation, and then going into which we'll speak to later about your strength, etc. So back to the point: if we can incorporate that into your workout, make it specific. Now, yeah, it's easier said than done, and this is why people need a bit of guidance on on programming, not on programming, on on workouts. Now, I'm not saying you need to regiment regimentedly follow a, a, a program but if you know to answer your question if you know the basic fundamental stretches or mobility drills that's cool and that could be as simple as lying on your back swinging your leg okay so if we do legs today you got the old school grab the ankle pull the ankle to the bum quad stretch it's not it's, it's more of a stretch we want to increase range okay range yeah. range of motion in the joint so one of the my many one of my training manifestors uh, points in my in, in the Bosch method is we train movements not muscles and if we think about that if we train a movement a movement is a squat okay but if we squat we are working the quads and the hamstrings and the glutes and the calves so we are working muscles but we're focusing on the movement so if gotcha. we can so a bench press we're focusing, we're focusing on a push or a pull yes there's muscles within that you can't not train the muscles you're still training muscles but um Simple leg swings, okay? Um, and, and and I've got nothing wrong with people that go upper body, lower body. Uh, that's not what I do. That's not why I coach. I'm more of a functional fitness guy, so uh, compound overall kind of body movements. And I know yeah. you, pro you probably prefer more of a, a set split, which is cool. There is a time and place for that. But I think if you do an upper body, focus on upper body mobility. So um, simple one. Let's run through a few. So uh, upper body, you can have a you can have a dowel or a stick or a resistance yeah. band, and just do some rollovers in the shoulders. Okay, so back to forward, loosens up the chest and the shoulders. Okay, we can um, we can be on the floor and doing some arm raises with our with our with our head and uh, chest on the floor. Do some straight arm raises uh, above your head and see if you can yes. do that. Yes. So we're challenging the range because what we do, we sit down, shoulders are slouched forward all day, and then we go to the gym. We don't warm up and we get straight into a bench press and we're making our chest muscles shorter and shorter and our posture is becoming worse and worse. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, actually very, very similar myself. What I like, even if I, I, what I like to do is I do like to like, depend on the client will say, I might do like upper, lower, full body, yeah, yeah. A push, pull, leg, full body. But within that, it's, it's still those fundamental movement patterns that we focus on the squat we focus on a deadlift we focus on a press moving you focus on a Ooh. lunge you know core etc etc and i'm a big believer too and just like it doesn't need to take all day like as you said five to seven minutes you can absolutely get a lot done or even let's say sometimes what i do myself is i'm doing like an upper session during my rest period my 90 second rest period i might do a hip mobility drill that's not going to impact me when I go back on the bench press, but it's going to improve my range of motion, my movement, and it's not adding up any more time. So speaking of kind of the first pillar is obviously mobility. Ger, what exactly is functional strength? What would you define that as? It's, it's also a, a quote that's been thrown around a lot, and a lot of people use it in a different way. For me, functional fitness or functional strength is we, we, we're practicing or doing something that we're going to use on a day-to-day -day basis or it's going to it's going to have an impact on our daily lives or daily activities so uh, there is a time and a place for a bench press there is a time and a place for a bicep curl There's, everything is functional but uh, we want to we want to improve our functionality so that's going to impact our daily life uh, our performance um, 
that sort of thing. So um, back to the point, if we, if we focus on movements, not muscles, so if we move well on a deadlift, if we move well on a squat, on an overhead press, and we can do all of those things, then aesthetically we're going to look better, we're going to feel better, mobility is going to be better. So for me, functional fitness is how well you can perform um, as many uh, modalities, okay, uh, well, because everyone everyone wants to do everything really well, but what we do find is um, people specialize in one thing or the other, and that's cool. I'm not talking about sports people, and we're talking about everyday people. So when it comes to an everyday person, we want to get Sally or Peter to 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 be functionally good, so they can play with their kids, they can mow the lawn, they can clean the garage. They can lift the box over their head and put it in the in, in the in the attic, and don't find that a hindrance or or, or they unable to do it. So that's the simple that's the simple term for me. Uh, not going into science, obviously. So. And what are what are some ways then, Jerry, that you like to train with, say, functional fitness then? So functional fitness for me. So like you like you've highlighted earlier as well is it's doing the compound left so i use the seven movement patterns which which we can quickly yeah. run through so your hinge your lunge your squat your push pull uh which could be overhead push or horizontal yeah. push and then your pull could be over overhead and horizontal so if we can tick all those boxes uh yeah. incorporating mobility to start with so being 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 a bit more mobile five to seven minutes spent spend time on that and then let's look at a workout here so we've got we've got another 30 to 35 minutes of functional movements so functional movements is those compound lifts and then how i program my stuff we get the functional stuff out of the way uh, the, the 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 compound lifts sorry yeah. out of the way so your deadlifts your squats your your big kind of bang for your buck movements okay because again people don't have time so if you can lunge or squat the benefit of that you're taking so many boxes there yes yeah taking yeah. all the boxes and then yeah. you can do accessories at the, at the end uh, which you probably do as well you can do your bicep yeah. curls your tricep curls I'm not saying they're not functional, but they don't really serve us really well. Because sure. when are you gonna when are you gonna use a bicep curl or when are you gonna lie on your lie on your back and just just push someone off? It's not very functional. Okay, so we can do a clean and press, we can do a box jump. It's more functional and it's gonna be the things we can incorporate in our daily lives. Um yeah. that's how I see it. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I think um I think specificity is important too when it comes to function because you obviously you need to get some background info as to what the, the client like I'll use myself as my own best example. Um last January, Jerry, I wasn't able to run at all. I had a hamstring injury. And so obviously that was the goal of mine to get back running, but I wasn't able to do that. So I my, my my way of actually rehabbing that and getting into it again was to do a lot of sled work because the sled it mimics what I wanted to do where you push a sled you have that you know the knee drive the ankle drive the hip drive it's the same or similar mechanics to actually sprinting exactly. and then two weeks ago just gone by there I ran a half marathon so like it's kind of specificity too as to what the overall goal is what you actually need to get better at and just whatever that thing is you want to do, train exactly. that thing. And there's like a continuum that, okay, if you want to get jacked and look good, sure, maybe bicep curls might be, might might play some kind of a role. But if you want to play um, your sport and you want to run a bit faster, it's like there is good, better and best in terms of exercise selection. And, yeah, and yeah. as you said, the, the more, the closer you can get to whatever you want to do outside of the gym, 
probably the more optimal it will be. And um, the, the thing on that is, the, the thing on that is, a lot of people don't know exactly what what they need to do, and a lot of people. To be fair, everyone's goal is fairly similar. Okay, if you think about it, uh, I'm not talking about people competing and stuff, but your general day, gen pop as we call them, uh, their goal is to look better, feel good, okay, get yeah. fitter, get a bit leaner. So uh, we're not talking about nutrition here because that's massively key. But ultimately, if you deadlift well, you get stronger, you get fitter, and your aerobic capacity improves, aesthetics will be a byproduct, and of you will course. you will get better. But a lot of people don't know, and then you say, oh, let's do a deadlift, and they go, oh, it's a very it's a very specific for, for that sort of I'm not talking about gender even here because that's another topic but it's specific to that uh, group of people or or only they Power should lectures be... or yes, yeah yeah and, it. yeah, and yeah. It, and it's and it's not but I think the good thing is about there's more coaches like me and you there's and and, and there's many good coaches now and you see this more in gyms as well even in my gym there's a lot more females uh I've not seen it and males that now deadlift and squat, which didn't do it in the past. So there is a oh, shift, which is brilliant. There is a movement, it's, it's, and particularly amongst women, there is a big, big movement that they're no longer just going into the women's only area with the exactly. two kilo pink dumbbells and doing some 100 reps of bicep curls or just getting a band and, and doing 100 reps yeah, of yeah. blue bridges. I absolutely love seeing it, Jerry. Yeah. Could not agree more. And you mentioned there the third pillar, you, you briefly spoke about it aerobic so we've got our mobility we're moving better we've got our functional strength what would you what are some of your favorite forms of aerobic work Jay? so it depends on it depends on programming and again you need to as a coach i know my kind of clientele or my niche so i know it's the it's your average day person they want to get um want to look good and feel better so we're not going to ask them to run 10ks we're not going to ask them to do ridiculous kind of quote-unquote crossfit workouts that's not what they want to do but um they want to feel better and be able to do a certain activity for a long sustainable period of time so obviously we've, we've got aerobic and anaerobic uh, capacity so we're not going to go into too much detail so how i'd like to structure it i think a client or me and you we should have a dose of both so uh an anaerobic sort of format uh, anaerobic form of of of, of workout that say is under three minutes okay so that could be say 20 20 second sprints or 60 seconds on the bike on 60 seconds off so that's your kind of anaerobic uh, side of things but then we should, should also uh, stimulate and expose these guys to uh, and girls to uh, um, more than three yeah. aerobic yeah. more than three minutes so can they sustain a rower for five minutes, six minutes, seven minutes? And I'm not I'm not one to advocate 20, 30, 40 minutes on the bike because, again, people don't have time. So what I'd like to do normally um, at the end of my kind of Boschford Method program workouts is maybe a four-minute AMRAP or yeah. a six-minute EMOM. Um, and they work for four or five minutes with three exercises as hard as they can. Low skill, really low skill. So we talked bodyweight stuff, no complex movements. It could be bodyweight squat, push-up, lunges, burpees, anything really. Low skill that doesn't need coaching. Anyone can do the step-ups. So do that for four, for six minutes to ten minutes. I wouldn't make it more, more than that. And then you've got your anaerobic, which is your more short, intense. So if you can dose, if you can dose quite, uh, clients and give them both of those, I think you're on the right track. Uh, because the biggest problem with with clients is or people they can't they can't pace themselves. So you say to uh, someone, I want you to do for ten minutes. We're going to do 
a bike, we're going to do squat, and we're going to do some ball slams, okay? They go for two minutes. So you tell them, listen, I want you to go at 60% pace because you need to do this for 10 minutes. Sure. Then they get then they get to four they minutes and, and they gas out. So yeah, that's that's the other thing. We need to learn and coach these guys to be able to so they can pace themselves for a period. hundred uh, percent. And and that's a skill and that that, yeah. that comes over time. Yeah, and like not only that's gonna then benefit the second pillar, which is your strength, because even what I noticed as my aerobic fitness improved and increased. My rest periods, the time that I needed to rest in between my bigger compound lifts, my squat, my deadlift and so on, that reduced because my recovery was better. So like one does tie into the other there if you can incorporate that. And even as you said, Jerry, if you don't have 40, 45 minutes, you can just kind of do, as you said, like a circuit training um, every minute on the minute for six to 10 minutes, something like that towards the end of your workout to get that heart rate up. And not to mention, like, just the cardiovascular, the longevity benefits of actually incorporating that. Sure. Then finally, and arguably the most important hitter of all, is sustainable nutrition. Yeah, so this, you, you'll probably be the man to talk about this. You probably have got more knowledge than me. But that's, yeah, that's key. That should probably be the first pillar, um, I, I believe. But it doesn't matter which order you put it. So for me... The way we do it is just simplified protocols. So really yeah. simplify things down to the real basics. And uh, there's so many coaches with so much knowledge, tons more knowledge than me. But I think we overcomplicate everything in, in the fitness world in terms of nutrition. Ultimately, people want to lose a bit of weight or body fat. Uh, they want to be a bit leaner. So just simplify it. So the way we the way we go on, uh, the way we coach this or I coach this is um, – it's obviously the old word calorie deficit. So we need to get clients to understand how a calorie def def deficit works yeah. and then give them the tools to, to how they can monitor this, whether they track this or whether they go on portion control. So that's the two methods I use. So they can either track their food or they just, we just educate them on portion control. Gotcha. And, and because of the flexible, flexible diet uh, approach, the, the relationship for, for me as a coach, the, their relationship with food is like, very very important right so, yeah. because if that relationship if there's not a good relationship uh we're not going to go into eating disorders etc just if there's no good relationship there then when we're going to really struggle getting results here so simplify it and don't introduce too much too soon so calorie deficit and then there's many coaches that jump into macros protein fat carbs straight away and you have to stick this and i'm a firm believer in because I don't track, I don't even track all my food. I have and I have in the past and I do at times when I need to, but I want to give the client autonomy. So in three, four months time that she doesn't need to track or he doesn't need to track. Yeah. When, they, when they go on holiday, they don't need to. So we're encouraging that kind of freedom for them to understand this is what a portion of whatever food contains protein wise and calorie wise. And you need to have two or three meals a day to meet your daily target of whatever the amount is. And if you stick within that and you do your your functional fitness on the side, you will get results. And then obviously, right. and then obviously consistency is, is it should be a pillar, but that's just a massive fundamental part. And, but that's where coaches come in, and that's where we need to support them. So yeah. keep it simple. Keep uh, keep it simple, and then introduce. I introduce small things like protein. Protein intake will always be my second pillar. Uh, so calorie deficit. And then I Calories, to, protein. Yeah. And yeah. I very rarely go past that. Fat. I've had people before say to me, how much fat should I have? I said, don't worry about fat. Just stick to your protein. Give them the allowance or give them the recommendations and then 
crack on. Yeah. Yeah, something similar myself, um, Ger, I, I like the way you mentioned flexible dieting there. And I guess there's a bit of a misconception too with flexible dieting. Like there I, I'm glad as well, like speaking of movement with the women lifting more weights, I feel like the IIFIM, the if it fits your macros movement is kind of slowly dying down, thankfully, because yeah. People were of the opinion that, okay, I've got 2,000 calories, so therefore I can go to McDonald's, get a large large fries, double cheeseburger, a Coke and a McFlurry, and I'll just eat a chicken breast, and that's me done for the day. Like, sure, technically you're within your calories there, but the makeup of those calories actually matters too. So I'm something similar. Okay, first of all, let's look at our total caloric intake. Calorie deficit, if we want to get a bit leaner, obviously we got to prioritize protein. But then just for me, it's like eat like a freaking adult, like type of food actually matters. And yeah. you know what? Like if we can get 80% of those calories from real helpful whole foods, that gives you 20% more flexibility. So 100%. for someone eating 2000 calories a day, 80% of 2000 calories will be 1600 calories. Let's nail those 1600 calories and just get real food real good source of lean meat let's get our veggies let's get our oats or potatoes or rice blah blah yes, you know yes. just all those good foods and then the other 400 calories you want a square chocolate you want something sweet after your workout you want to stop into the station and get a protein bar or a protein drink go ahead and that way then it's like okay there's no foods out of bounds but that doesn't mean boundaries don't exist so I, yeah, i'm yeah. all with you on that like I'm just anti-meal plan. And I'm not saying meal plans aren't good. I mean, for when you were play, maybe playing with Italy there back in the rugby days, Jerry, there may have been a case that you needed a meal plan because you were training so much. But yeah. for like just your everyday general pop client, no. it's just more so, as you said, educate them on the how and they can choose their own methods. I agree. Because meal plans was a big thing. Even when we started, it was a big thing. And it died off really quickly. And I'm glad that... And, it's just not sustainable. You're not going to go on holiday and say, oh, let me just get Adrian and Gerard's meal plan out. You're not going to do it. So and we as coaches, that's the big thing. People sell meal plans now and they say it's uh, it's personalized to your thing. It's all generic. okay? And it's just a money-making scheme online with, <laughs> with online coaches. And it really frustrates me. Um, and and uh, people fall for it. Oh, it's personalized and it's a meal plan. It's going to do magic. It's not. It's not going to do magic. So I've got the same approach as you. Don't be a dick about your food, Okay. <laughs> don't be in, don't be in denial either have good quality three meals a day and then if you want to if you want to go off piece and have that 20 percent off a snack or a biscuit then feel yeah. free and there's no guilt that's the other thing is that we shouldn't have guilt when it comes to food um so i'm on exactly the same one i'm on board with you yeah absolutely yeah um unsustainable methods are the yield to unsustainable yeah. results so <laughs> yeah there there we go jared we, we covered a lot here we covered the four pillars so mobility functional strength we went on to aerobic work and of course simplified nutrition before we wrap it up jared let's just um brush off a quick uh few rapid uh oh, rapid okay. fire q a questions jared starting out okay. with the first one what yeah. is one new habit jared that you've implemented the last six months uh, one habit, my evening routine before I go to bed, non-negotiable, me and my wife, 30 minutes from 9.30 till 10 before we go to bed, we do some stretching and mobility whilst talking, uh, maybe watch a bit of Netflix, but non-negotiable, foam roll, stretch before we go to bed. Brilliant. Best book you've read this year? Oh, um, I've, I've read a few, but the best one is... Uh, I think I wrote it down. Better than, 
Better Than Before is by Gretchen Rubin. Gretchen Rubin. It's just about the four tendencies. Um, the reason I read this is I wanted to understand my clients better uh, and one what which of the four tendencies they are. And I read the book. Uh, it's well recommended. And it's good um, in terms of relationships as well. So I know what tendency my wife is and how to deal with those sort of people. And um, funny, when I read the book, I kind of scored all my clients and I got about 80% of them right. But it's really fascinating because once you understand the tendencies, how they think and how they do things, it's oh, easier to coach them. It's, yeah. So, yeah, it's a good must, book. So must check that one out. Better Than Before. Yeah, by uh, Gretchen Rubin. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, what's your what's your favorite movie, Jerry? I'm not. I'm honestly. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not a movie person. I don't like watching movies. I don't even go to the cinema. I know that's a bit weird. Yeah, you're the same as me, man. <laughs> I, I, I do. I do. I know this is a real. I do love a bit of Bad Boys too. I know this is cringe, but Bad Boys too. I like just comedy, funny. Uh, I like Will Smith and the guys in there, but I'm not a big movie fan. I'm not. No. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. What do you feel then, Jerry? Um, I like. I think you like this one. What's the most? What do you feel is the most underrated gym exercise that most people should do more of? Most underrated gym exercise. Um, a, a, a specific exercise you're referring to? Yeah, like what's one exercise that you you feel in the gym gives people so much bang for their buck, but yet you see very few people actually doing it. So in terms of this is one of my core fundamental movements is a hollow hold, okay? A, a, a hollow hold, if those that listen and can't obviously see me demonstrating this, this is when you're on your on your back and only your... Oh, your, brilliant, yeah. Your, your, your when your lower back, only that four or five inches are, are touching the ground, pointing your toes and your hands are over your head. So you're like in a, yes. in, in a breakfast bowl kind of dish shape. Yeah, what yeah. This, what this allows us to do, not just pull-ups, but it engages our core and it teaches us to get the ribcage down to the to, to the to the pelvis so we can close that space because yeah. most most people cannot hold that. So a reverse of a plank. It's a reverse of a plank, basically. Yeah, yeah. Most oh, people man, can't they're, hold that. They're awesome. And yeah. then once you once you get that, you can go into hollow rock, so where you rock uh, on the floor. So that's Jared, really I, I haven't done those in years. I'm gonna do them tomorrow in at the end of my at the end of my workout. They're I'll, brilliant, actually. I'll tag you tomorrow in it. And I'll challenge you yeah. to it. And everyone, listen. Everyone listening as well. We'll get them to. Uh... <laughs> Absolutely no. They're they're awesome. Actually, no one's ever said that answer before. Jer, yeah. this has been amazing. Though I feel like we covered a lot here. But just for your our listeners now, what are one to three takeaways you'd like them to implement after listening to you speak? Um, I definitely say make mobility part of your your daily routine, whether that's on its own in the evening, because uh, we all have time. If you can't do it in the morning, get some mobility done, uh, four to five minutes. If you can't do it on its own, do it part of your workout. Um, secondly, is find a coach. If you really struggle or you're new, find a coach, online coach or in-person coach, or get an online program, because so many people want to get, get, get results, but they don't have direction. Yeah. Um, and it's and, and you don't have to stick with a coach forever get the basics nailed it doesn't take long as how much you put in is going how much you're going to get out so get a coach get some directions and structure and systems in place and then walk away and do it on your own so definitely guidance number two and number three i don't know just mindset anything is possible whatever your goal is whether it's weight loss whether it's running a 5k we're all human beings and the only thing that keeps keeps most and this is one thing i talk to my clients a lot is our limiting beliefs so 
just believe in yourself a bit a bit more in terms of whatever you want to achieve because say that's lost five stone and you haven't lost five stone again there's no difference the only difference is she's done it and she's taken steps to do it so uh, what's holding you back and why wait till next year start now uh there's some great coaches out there and people that can advise so start now uh, and don't don't doubt yourself stop that limiting belief and do things um that's the three things really uh i'd say wow yeah absolutely love that third takeaway those limiting beliefs and we all have them to some degree you know, it's it's all good and well for him or for her, but I'm different yes. because yes. insert limiting belief there. I've I fell victim to it before, Jer. I can definitely resonate that. But on the other side of those limiting beliefs is the person you want to become. So as exactly. you said, there's never a perfect time. Feel the fear. Do it anyways. Take action now off this mm. podcast. The definition of mental masturbation is listening to this and not doing anything at all. So yeah. whether that's freaking a bit of mobility in the morning, deciding you're going to bump up your aerobic work, you're mm-hmm. going to focus on more specific movements for your goals, or you might reach out to a coach, whatever it might be, take some form of action. Yeah, yeah. Jerry, this is amazing. Thank you so much uh, for hopping on. Final two questions before we go, Jerry. Um, firstly, I'm big into routines. And you mentioned you have an evening routine. I'm curious, Jerry, what does your morning routine look like, the first 30 to 60 minutes of your day? So I, I actually did a big post on this a while ago, and I got a big reaction. So I follow, it was the 90-90 rule. Now it's like 60-60 rule. I've kind of watered it down. 60-60 rule for me means 60 minutes before I, uh, after I get up and before I go to bed. I'm not allowed on social media. So that for me is a massive thing. So when I oh, get up in the morning, I get up at, quarter to five every morning so i'm not allowed to go on my phone for 60 to 90 minutes uh don't turn it up it's on obviously so i've got no phone in my bedroom no digital yeah. devices we don't have a tv in our room each, uh, either so no mobile phone um uh, one liter of water when i get up um before i have my meal and then i do literally a three minute stretch and i've got like my three favorite stretches in the kitchen um and then on the way to work or whenever i go is always a podcast first thing in the morning uh 20 to 30 minutes and i I can't start my day without that really yeah yeah something similar myself jerry that's awesome awesome your final question because this is the lifestyle lifters show what is your definition of living a successful lifestyle successful oh it's a broad question successful lifestyle like success can be defined in various way a lot of people obviously says money job career fitness how you look uh for me successful is happy I, I believe happiness um we've discussed this before the show where where i want to go and stuff is happiness and freedom so yeah. freedom freedom for me is is that gives me successful and, and the ability to do things on your terms uh yeah. not on someone else's terms it's a very broad question but success for me is not money it's not what i drive my house it's it's my health and my freedom um there's many more things but those two things is is fundamentally important to me freedom with being able to do whatever i want with my family with my four-year-old um being able to go on holiday when i want not on someone else's else's terms yes so jerry this has been amazing thank you thank you so much for hopping on and jerry you've shared a lot of knowledge here so for any of our listeners now who'd like to learn a bit more about you and what you do, Jer, where is the best place that people can learn more about you? Um, 
Yeah, they can go. They can go on my website, um, just theboshfit.com. So www.boshfit.com. Um, we just launched that uh, lately. We've been working on it for, for for about a year or two now. And then uh, obviously my Instagram handle, Coach underscore Gerard, or just Coach Gerard. That's the only two. That's the two places I really hang out on. Really, obviously I'm on Facebook as well, but that's my main two places. I'll so, post those links in the show notes here. So awesome, awesome. for everyone listening, so it's Coach underscore Gerard, and Gerard is spelled G E R H A R D. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. I'll post those in the show notes. Nice. And for all our listeners out there, please pay the fee. What is the fee? It's not monetary. It's just if you got value, if you learn something from this, if you learn something from Jerry, please just share the show. Podcasts generally grow through word of mouth. We're not running ads toward this. So it's the good listeners like you listen to the show. Please pay it forward. Tag us on your IG stories. Um, share it with your friends. All of that stuff. All of the good stuff. We really would appreciate it. Jared, thanks so much again for hopping on. It's been an absolute pleasure, my man. I appreciate you and your time. No, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. We'll do this again. And uh, good luck Absolutely. to good luck to everything. Yeah. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thanks, sir.